Do you like scary movies and watered-down true crime? Then this is the podcast for you. We've been best friends for almost 30 years, and we've been getting high while watching movies together for most of it. Now we want to share that with you. So pour your white wine on ice and prepare your bud any way you choose. Because what would be girls' night without a little THC? Ready? Okie dokie. Uh, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your host, Auntie B. How's it going? Or your favorite little elf on the shelf. <laughs> I'm more of a snoop on the stoop person or, or myself. Now I've seen on the tickety talkity a Krampus on the mantle. But that doesn't rhyme. It doesn't, but it's cute. It's really expensive. on the mantle. Yeah, it's, a, it's really expensive for a fucking doll that sits on your mantle, though. I mean, can you just look up a Krampus doll and then... Uh, Anything Krampus related is stupid overpriced. Mm, interesting. It's, it's a real niche. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> just, you'll have to go over to um, mm. Eastern Europe during Christmas one year. Yeah. And I bet you they have tons of Krampus crazy. stuff. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. How is it going? It's going. How's it going, everybody? How's everyone's Christmas, or sorry, holiday season, winter season? <laughs> We're getting going. There. Yeah. By the time people listen to this, who knows? It could be Christmas. <laughs> We're approaching. It'll be what? Oh, it's Monday, I guess. Yeah. I keep thinking it's like the weekend, but no. That's, that's just... all right. I still have to do all my Christmas shopping. Whew. Exhausting. No, I got all of the big stuff done. Yeah. It's just little stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yep, I get to do that this weekend. I get to hang out with you this weekend. It is my husband's birthday today, so happy birthday to him. Whoop, whoop. He hates his birthday. But we love him. And he doesn't want to do anything, so. Yeah. He's getting to tis, sleep. Tis the season. What more of a gift in life do you need? I guess so. <laughs> what do you want to um, What do you want to talk about? I mean... I don't want to talk about life because life's stupid. There's well, not a good thing to talk about. I mean, <laughs> there is, but. Uh, but I got some stupid news that we could play around with. Sure. Just in time for the holidays, I thought about you immediately. Mm. Giant eight inch poisonous spiders are coming from China to invade the U.S. No, thanks. But don't worry. They're going to start on the East Coast. They're going to hit up New York and New Jersey. That's where they should be. And we'll, we'll see how they how big they get by the time they get to us. How are they coming from China and going to the East Coast? They fly. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> you think it'd be coming to the West Coast? Sure. <clears throat> Unless it's flat Earth. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> don't hmm. fucking know interesting <laughs> what else is interesting i've got the 10 oddest guinness world records of the year of oh, just 2023 mm -hmm. Mm Hmm. okay 10 oddest i'm not gonna give you all of them because some of them are kind of silly but one that stood out to me most most skips by a cat in one minute 
Have you ever seen a cat skip? No. How do you even decide that that's the record? I, well, apparently nine. Nine is the record. Because it's the only person who's <laughs> ever done it with their cat. Have you ever skipped a cat? Yeah. How do, I, how do you skip a cat? I don't know, but start training Mimosa because I guarantee <laughs> you she can get ten. Oh, girl. Right? Um, most magic tricks underwater in three minutes. <laughs> Oh, was that David Blaine? I have no idea. No, I think it was a kid. I think it was like a 13-year-old. Good for him. 38 tricks. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Fastest five meters on a scooter by a parrot. They're just making shit up because they've had the Guinness World Records for so long that now they just have to make up. That means that we could be in there. We could just make something up. <laughs> Most amount of podcast episodes mentioning Monk. Right. For sure, that has to be us. There ain't no way. Unless there's a podcast about Monk. All right, get us nominated, you guys. But, okay, so you tell me, how long do you think the five meter on a scooter by a parrot is? Like distance? No, time. Oh. Um, oh, wait. So he only went one meter? How far is a meter? Three yards? Five. Or is it three meters in a yard? Fastest five meters on a scooter. I know, but I'm trying to think of how far a meter is. Isn't that three feet a meter? No idea. I think a meter is three feet. So sure. five meters would be 15 feet, of course. I don't even know how long that is. Um, I'm going to say he did it in, I'm going to say three seconds. 14 seconds. That's a slow fucking <laughs> parrot. Get 15 feet is like nothing. That's like from here to the wall. <laughs> well, may, well, does it have to use its little bird foot to make the scooter go? Well, or is it like a, a little powered scooter? A little powered scooter. <laughs> yeah, is it like a? It must be a tiny scooter, right? It can't be a standard size. What size parrot? Is it a miniature parrot like my mom's? Is it who fucking knows? But yeah, it just made me laugh. Like, who comes up with it? Oh, fastest time to assemble a Mr. Potato Head blindfolded. Oh. 12 seconds. Again, we're just making shit up. Yeah. I love it. I can tell you something about this new generation. They're little cheater cheaters. Ooh. My son, when we were up in Fort Bragg for Thanksgiving, my 11-year-old son kept showing up with completed Rubik's Cubes. And I'm like, there's no... You look no it up online. Close. Okay. He, I would mix them up for him, too. I'm like, let me mix it up. And then he would show up and it would be completed. There is an app you can download on your phone where you take a picture of the Rubik's Cube as is, and it'll tell you each move to do. Of course, there's an app for that. Yeah. So I'm like, you Takes fucker. the fun out of everything. But then I'm so dumb. I tried to do it, and I couldn't figure out what direction they were telling me to. And you still couldn't figure out. <laughs> Hell no. I was like, You're like, I have the answer, and, and I still can't <laughs> yeah. do it. So that's here's this question. Yeah. Um, Would you rather... Do five years in jail, and you have to do the five years, or go to jail for as long as it takes you to solve a Rubik's Cube. Oh, five years. Me too. <laughs> without without even thinking about it. Although. Unless I can peel the stickers off. No, like, but plot twist, I guarantee you there's someone in that jail who does know how to solve it. So that would be the caveat cheating? is like, am I allowed to like get, not for them to solve it, but can they teach me how to solve it? No. Then I'm doing the five. Yeah. That would take the effort to make friends and then have them be a good enough friend to be able to help explain it to me in a way that I'd still be able to solve it. And that's going to take at least 15 years. Yeah. So 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'd do the five. I'm like, yeah. it's, and you said yeah. in jail, right? Like, that's not prison. No, that's, that's jail. easy. That's Let's easy time. Work. <laughs> okay. Uh, last episode. Girl, if you break the computer again, whew. Last episode, we talked about McDonald's. No, mamos, Which, by mamosa. the way, is canceled. I love you, but you need to find a different place to sit. Yeah. Bailey's cat keeps trying to sit on the computer. And as much as I love her and I would normally let her do whatever she wants. We have things to do. The computer is just the one place you can't sit. Okay. Focus cat. We're talking about McDonald's. Being She's canceled. trying to bake biscuits and sit oh. on the computer. <laughs> Mimosi. OMG. Get a life. She's a city girl. She wants to do whatever she wants. And apparently so does McDonald's. Because now they've decided to rebrand as Cosmic, C-O-S-M-C. Okay. And it's almost like a hippie. Wait, n- so they're not going to be McDonald's anymore? I guess it's maybe just a newer McDonald's chain branch. I don't know. But listen to this shit. Fucking flavor combinations like Avocado tomatillo. Nope. No, thank you. Turmeric spiced lattes. No, what? Uh, <laughs> also, how expensive is that latte going to be? Because turmeric's already expensive and yeah. McDonald's is already overpriced. Yeah. And it's all drive through only. Like, you can't go in from what I understand. Right. Yeah. Crazy. And <sighs> yeah, don't get me started on McDonald's because it's Crazy. honestly for my family of five to eat there. Literally, there have been times that we just go out to eat then. Yeah. Like it's the same price for, for us to go real sit food. down yeah. at, I mean, not real food, but, but like a Chili's. Uh, to me, that's real food in comparison to McDonald's. Yeah. Their maybe. chicken crisper compared to a chicken nugget. That's a different quality of chicken. However, all of their eggs are freshly cracked McDonald's. True that. So there's True something there. That. Anyways. Yeah. They're so fucking expensive now. Girl, what is an expensive life in general is expensive i have an update boop 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 breaking news (laughs) so last episode Mm -hmm. for black christmas remember as you were telling me about it and i kept saying golly this reminds me of scream Mm -hmm. bitch if i wasn't right i googled it black christmas scream and they were talking about the creators of scream were talking about how Black Christmas was one of their main influences on Scream. And you can even see that influence such as Billy Loomis. And what was the suspected killer in Black Christmas's name? Billy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the whole phone thing. I totally caught the vibe. Yeah, obviously. I mean, we never doubted that you were right. No, I was just excited. Yeah, it is exciting. And then I would just like to do another update, which is, uh, what, like two or three episodes ago, I was talking about like how much I was really feeling offset. Well, oh, he's on the shit list now. I know. Never coming back. I know. You're not going to make my girl Cardi scream and cry on live and then I'll ever forgive you. I feel like it's almost our fault because anytime we declare <laughs> a like. Cool. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. I know. We're just <laughs> really, we're really missing it, girl. So. This is our childhood trauma coming out in our taste in men. Cardi can forgive him, but I never will. I'll never forget. I don't know that even this time she'll forgive him. I hope not. Did you see that he he heart eyes liked Nicki Minaj's picture? Of course he did. So this is what we're talking about. This yeah, is when she it's was childish. It's and it's just a herder. Yeah. And fuck that guy. I know. 
He sucks. Sorry, Cardi. We didn't mean Sorry, it. Cardi. We didn't want to jinx you, babe. I'm on your side forever. Uh, all right. A side that I'm not on. And you might be surprised. Okay. Because you know me. I'm a booze and cream kind of girl. We actually just talked about this. Yes. Right? How you're not. But give me a white Russian. The eggnog. Mm-hmm. Anything. The more cream, the better. But this might be taking it too far. There's a brewery and creamery teaming up in Oregon to create a blue cheese inspired beer. No, thank you. Right. And I even like blue cheese. I like blue cheese. And I like the idea of eating something blue cheese and drinking a beer. beer, But blue cheese beer is not it, you guys. I can't think of any good opportunity where I'd be all like, ooh, that would really hit the spot. Now, what about... A blue cheese. I'm trying to think of how you would incorporate it. But what about like blue cheese with like a Bloody Mary? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. With that bacon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a casino nearby where they have a restaurant. And I think my parents like for the price of their lunch buffet versus the Bloody Mary that I got with all the fixins with like the meal that came on right. top. Yeah, yeah. I think I got the better bang for my buck. Because you also got booze. I had the Bloody Mary, had them add a shot, and on that Bloody Mary, I had jalapeno poppers, taquitos, a mini cheeseburger. Yeah, <laughs> like, a chicken strip. For real. Yeah, I love those. I don't even drink Bloody Marys, but that is for sure if I did, that's what I would that order. That was it. Here's my question. Can you then get a Bloody Mary without the food? Yeah, of oh, course. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm like, I can't have this every time. No. Every time I order a Bloody Mary, you can't be bringing me a whole half the kitchen <laughs> over. Okay, I will die. <laughs> Fun. Uh, well, this guy might be into it. And what might be my new favorite segment of our news, because it keeps happening. Sports news? No, Florida news. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do have sports news, yeah. though. But in Florida news. Yeah. Drunk Florida tourist sexually molests a manatee statue outside of a diner after the staff had him leave because he was throwing his gator bites. Has that sentence ever been said before? The headline alone. Right? Molest a manatee statue. Listen. Who among us hasn't been known to molest a statue? (laughs) At least a little fondle. A manatee of all things. Yeah, that's a little weird. But yeah, no, you are the sole reason for our sports news this week. And it's really our most important news. Yes. It's a two for one. It is. Because our guy, Tony Shalhoub, was at the Green Bay, Kansas City game on December 3rd. And I didn't think... I could possibly love the man more, but now knowing that he's a cheese head. Yeah, like, of course. What a guy. What a guy. What a <laughs> class act. <laughs> and then when we last recorded, you and I were against each other in fantasy. Yeah. I barely won. That mm-hmm. was such anxiety. It was back and forth. And now we're against day. each other again. And, uh, and it's another close match. Round right now. I don't know if you've looked tonight. Because you've had a player in and I haven't had anyone in yet. This is uh, first week of the playoffs for our fantasy football okay. team. I was telling the oh, listeners. Yeah, we you. cinched the clinch. Yeah, we clinched. <laughs> we the, clinched the cinch. We cinched the playoffs. <laughs> so the top four, because it's a small league. It's just six of us. So the top four went to the playoffs. 
Um, so this week is me versus you again. And as of right now, we're projected at the same amount of it's points. It's crazy. We're literally, I think I'm projected right now to beat you by like, I don't know, 50% of a point. And I have one player that's questionable. And I won't know until that morning whether or not they're going to play him. Well, here, you want to hear what state I'm in right now? Because I'm about to burn my own house down. Oh, shit. So football was on today. Because what is de- today? Saturday? Saturday. <laughs> but in December, I guess they start playing on Saturdays. I don't know. I guess because maybe college is over. Who fucking knows? My husband. But he's yeah. asleep. So yeah. I can't ask him. <laughs> um, anywho's. I have my star quarterback broke his shoulder, Mm. which is Joe Burrow. My backup quarterback, Herbert, just broke something, a wrist, a finger. He's out. So I had to draft new quarterbacks. I drafted the Lions quarterback something. Lions are doing good this year. Goff, which is what um, Lou suggested. And I also drafted because I saw that he was supposed to get more points and he was ranked number one out of the remaining quarterbacks that right. were still up for grabs. And that is, I think his last name's Love for Green Bay Packers. Cute. I have them both. I started Love, so we don't know how he's going to do because they haven't played yet. But I can tell you, as I walked out my door tonight, the Detroit Lions were playing. And they and were killing it. It was like they were playing a fucking peewee team. Girl, I told you they're doing so good this year. And as I left for third quarter, <sighs> on my bench sitting there was like 30 points. Thanks and it was for the doing me the solid, quarter. love. I swear, I, to, I was so upset about it. Yeah, I'm sorry. So hopefully, listen, I've never rooted for the Green Bay Packers before, ever. In fact, Get I'm it, strictly mm-hmm. against them most of the time. Yeah. But... I need him to at least get close to the same number. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be the same number, but if he shits the bed, oh, I'm I'm furious. I'm never playing fantasy I football know. again. That's the worst feeling in the world. It's bad enough when you make a big move to like I don't know, get your points or whatever, yeah. and then to see that the person that you benched fucking killed it. It literally happens to me all the time. Dominated that week mm-hmm. and you like you said just ate shit. We're learning, and so are our listeners. Thanks yeah. for coming on this fantasy journey with us. I can't wait to see which one of us wins. I am so nervous about Sunday. I can't. It's going to be a biggie. We'll see. You've already scored. You scored, I think, 12 points tonight. Incredible. Go me. I don't even know who you had playing. And neither do I. <laughs> I didn't know that there was anything happening tonight or me that neither. it was Saturday. I showed up from work, and he's like, yeah, football's been on all day. Duh. Okay, I wish I would have known that. Just for his birthday. (laughs) I guess so. Okay. We will get to the actual episode. However, if you want to play along with our THC drinking game, you guys know the rules. Take a drink anytime we mention a badass big sister, an episode of Monk, if we cheers, if we spill, if we mention a past episode. Did I say that? I heard badass big badass big sister, sister monk s- cheers spill past episode and if we finish each other's sentences mm-hmm. bonus point if you hear us or when you hear us name the episode yes there you go boop boop now we wanted to do Christmas cases slash movies all December long it's not easy 
Does this count as a Christmas movie? Yes. I'm going to say no. <laughs> Just because there's Christmas lights in a bar in one scene does not make it a Christmas movie. It's cold. <laughs> Tonight we are doing the case of, I guess, uh, the bio of mobster Henry Hill and the largest heist in U.S. history. Okay, so that is a real thing. And, of course, you watch the movie. Goodfellas. Which is easily, hands down, one of mine and my husband's favorite movies of all and time. And you just learned. That you had never seen it. Correct. <laughs> never once. First I time. I had no clue. Of all the times that we've talked about how much we love Ray Liotta on this podcast, mm-hmm. I had assumed you had seen Goodfellas because, like, that is Ray Liotta. I'm not a mobby gangster movie kind of girl. I can't wait to hear if this changed your mind a little bit. Well, then... Let's get into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. My husband and I, this is one of the movies we quote all the time. And I was hoping that at least you would recognize one thing from this movie, which is the laughing Ray Liotta meme or gif. No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Fine. fine. It's whatever. It's no. only really famous. And everybody uses it. It's well, duh. I missed the lightning in the sky. That I was know. right in front of our fucking faces. I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> I got everything from history.com, all things interesting, and biography.com. Okay. And I took it upon myself to rewatch one of my favorite movies ever. I know, that was fun. Which is Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. I had to fucking rent it. Oh, boo. I know. For some, I don't have it on DVD. Or I, got, I used to, and I lost it somewhere. I watched it for free on Tubi. I know, but that's too much work. I'm okay. Not, I don't. I think I do have two on my. I was, I'm like, it's fucking right. It's already there. I know, but Prime comes up first. Yeah. It's like three bucks. Fuck, get it, girl. I drink more than that in a Starbucks coffee, and it lasts for less time than Goodfellas. Amen. Speaking of drinking more than that, do you want me to get you a seltzer? Yeah, I'll seltz it up. Mm-hmm. Well, let's cheers, my love. Cheers. Happy cheers. ho-hos. Happy ho-ho-ho holidays. Um, when Nick set everything up outside, he was like, I'm going to put the lights on a timer. How should, like, how long should it go? And I'm like, five to five. And he's like, we're not leaving them on all night. He's like, who are they on for? The spirit. (laughs) Midnight, December 11th, 1978. Six masked and armed men take over the Lufthansa Airlines cargo terminal at JFK Airport which is obviously located in New York City. Mm-hmm. They end up getting away with five and a half million or 26 million in today's money Dang. worth of cash and jewels, making it the largest heist in U.S. history at the time. They do this all without firing a single gun and no one was hurt or killed. The whole thing took approximately 64 minutes and it is seemingly the perfect crime. Until a trail of bodies starts leading the FBI to the masterminds. Dun, dun, dun. The whole thing is planned by two notorious gangsters, James, Jimmy the Gent Burke, and Henry Hill. Cool names. We have some fun, got some fun nicknames in here. Jimmy Burke is, or sorry, James Burke is born 1931 in New York City. He was a foster kid who 
unfortunately survived a lot of abuse in the foster homes. He grows up to be a pretty big deal in the crime world, and he primarily works with the Lucchese crime family. The Lucchese's are one of the five families, which are the top Italian-American mafia families that are all based in New York and pretty much run the East Coast. Okay. So when you think of mafia, when you think of mafia movies, when you this think of all of it. that shit, it's the five families. The Lucchese's are yes. one of those families. But because Jimmy is half Irish, that means that he can never be a made man. Mm -hmm. He can't ever be a true mafioso. Mm -hmm. But he's really close to the family and he becomes a very important associate. Oh, an associate. That's my title. I'm a client associate. All right. Um, it's like a, an accountant, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just the, the dirty kind. <laughs> <laughs> He becomes known as the gent because he tips everybody a lot, including the drivers of the trucks that he steals. He'll, you know, pull them out and then shove a couple hundred bucks in their pocket. It's a great move. Way. However, behind this gentleman facade, he is extremely violent. And I would just like to take a moment to talk about the fact and we hit upon this. I should have looked up the episode number so we could have drank to it. But the episode we did on the Iceman. Oh, I'm sure I've got it noted. Um, we always talk about mafia guys as mafia guys, as enforcers, as whatever. Mm -hmm. These guys are all fucking serial killers. Yeah. It's so funny because when you talk about when you think serial killer, you think Ted Bundy. You think who John Wayne Gacy. You think of these type of sickos. But these guys in the mob are also silly serial killers because it's three different murders at three different locations, three different times. Yeah. So they're all fucking all, serial all killers. Time. Yeah. And Jimmy Burke is one of the worst. A great example of this is in 1962. His fiance was complaining that her ex boyfriend was bugging her, kind of harassing her, not leaving her alone. So on their wedding day. The police find her ex-boyfriend's body chopped up into pieces in the trunk of his own car. Whew. Jimmy Burke oversaw or personally killed at least 60 to 70 people. Insane. So despite how nice and charming he is, despite the fact that he's tipping everybody in the room. Deadly. Do not fuck with Jimmy the Gent. Henry Hill was born June 11th, 1943, making him a Gemini. Ooh. He has an Irish dad and a Sicilian mom. He's one of eight kids, and he's growing up in a working class neighborhood in Brownsville, Brooklyn, which is also ran by the mafia. Mm -hmm. From a young age, he looked up to the maid guys in the neighborhood. As a preteen, he starts as like a gopher for these guys, these members of the Lucchese family, including Jimmy and Paul Vario, who is a ca capo, capo, a capo in the family. Girl, sure. It just means like a really high up member. Yeah. So he's not the boss. But he's, he's up as there. close to the boss as these guys in the neighborhood are ever going to get to. Yeah. At 14 years old, Henry officially drops out of high school. 
He's running errands for the guys. He's serving them like drinks and sandwiches at their card games. And all the while they're tipping him and paying him to do this. And as a teenager, he's officially making more money than pretty much any adult in the neighborhood that he grew up in. Yeah. I will like to note that I really set the tone for tonight's episode because my husband, who doesn't like birthdays and doesn't want to do anything, said that the only thing he wanted was for me to choose dinner. So I chose sandwiches because I asked him, like, how... Like, what type of meal are we like? Do you want like yeah. meat and sides? Do you want sushi? Like, give me a. And he said that he wanted it real casual and easy. Boom. So I did sandwiches and I, of course, got like an Italian. I love it. Yep. So, because food is kind of a big deal in that movie. Oh, and any Italian family. Yes. It's, and the fact that he kind of made his way making sandwiches for the guys. Uh-huh. I was like, I got to get the Italian. Yeah. And it was good. He then moves on to like petty crime and then that escalates to robbery, arson, assault, even credit card fraud. And he eventually grows up to become a big deal himself. But like Jimmy, he is half Irish, so he also can never be a made man. He does grow up, though, to become besties with Paul and Jimmy, who he used to idolize. So he is now equals. Well, maybe not equals to Paul, but. He's equals with these guys that like it's like becoming friends with your superheroes. Yeah. He's idolized them for so long. And now instead of looking up to them, they're like looking eye to eye. Yeah. He's like one of them. Mm -hmm. Life is good. And he meets and marries Karen Friedman in 1965. And they eventually have two kids together. Now, November 1972, Henry and Jimmy go down for extortion. They beat up some guy who owed the family money. Henry is sent to prison for 10 years, which he starts off serving with Paul, who just so happened to be in there for tax evasion. And they also served with members of the Gambino crime family. One of the other... Five families. Do the families get along? Um, I think as long as everyone stays in their turf yeah. and plays their roles they do, I think the families all like specialize in different things. Okay. So I don't know what the other families specialize in. I know the Lucchese family specializes in like truck robberies, heists, shipments, cargoes, planes, like sure. That kind of shit, that's their turf. Okay. That's their business. So I think as long as none of the other five families, like, encroach on that, Mm -hmm. it's cool. Like, they're friends with a lot of the Gambinos. Okay. But I don't know. That would be a whole other podcast episode about the The inner politics of Right, the the family trees. Mm -hmm. He also, in prison, learns how to drug smuggle. And he gets out in four years and he starts drug trafficking. He brings Jimmy in on this, but it has to be kind of a secret because the Lucchese family is a no drug operation. Oh, well, then we're not friends. They do not <laughs> dabble in drug trafficking. No. But again, it makes you wonder, do one of the other five families do? And would that be like stepping on that family's toes? You know? Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that they cite that they don't like to do it is because at that time and I'm sure this is probably still true 
you kind of went down for the most time if drugs were involved. Oh, yeah. So they were like, why get sent to prison for way longer when we could find something just as profitable? God. He is trafficking weed, coke, heroin, quaaludes. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he loves coke. Who in the 70s doesn't love coke? Girl, we know. So, yeah, the coke enters the picture and it makes everything a little interesting. He also runs like some like college basketball, like game fixing thing. Racket. Gotcha. Yeah. When you said, like, when I first was picturing the college basketball, I'm like, they were, like, coaches for a college basketball <laughs> team. And then you no. kept going. I was no, like, no, that no. makes I think they're working with, like, bookies Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. That way more sense. Back to the Lufanza heist. So Henry finds out about the Lufanza heist because of the cargo supervisor at the, at the Lufanza cargo terminal is Louis Werner, which shout out Lewis. It's kind of funny that on my husband's birthday episode, we, we have got a Lewis. And he is in gambling debt of $20,000. Oh, okay. So he is desperate for money. It's a lot of fucking money. So since he knows about the unmarked jewels and or unmarked bills and jewels in the cargo terminal, he brings the idea to Henry, who brings it to Jimmy, who brings it to Polly. It's like a game of telephone. Yes. And they get Polly's blessing to do it. They plan it all out. And it goes like this. They break into the terminal around midnight. They lock up the employees at gunpoint. They grab the shift manager who opens the storage vaults. Our guys haul out 40 15-pound cartons of untraceable bills and jewels into a black van. And then the guys get into a Buick getaway car. The crew then meets up with Jimmy and they transfer the loot to two other cars. And those meet at a warehouse owned by John Gotti, who is the Gambino crime boss. Yep. And Gotti also uh, offers to have the van crushed at one of his auto yards. Cool. And this plan goes off without a hitch. Sure. Zero problems. Zero trail. Fantastic. Until the police eventually find the van parked in Brooklyn, a low end Lucchese family member, Parnell Stacks, Edward Stakes, Stacks has to be Stacks, Stacks, Edward was supposed to get the van to the auto yard and did not loser. (laughs) So with Paul's blessing, Jimmy, who is starting to get paranoid that all of this is going to obviously lead back to them, right? Yeah. Orders Tommy Two Guns, Decimone, and Angelo Seppe, both longtime mafia enforcers, to kill Parnell. They find him at his at a restaurant where they walk right up to him while he's eating his dinner and shoot him in the head Ooh. in front of everybody. That seems very Sopranos. Right. Because it's the mafia. But like, I think, isn't that the last episode is you don't see them kill yeah. Tony, but you it, basically they leave you to believe that that's kind of what happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, does he talk about that's how they kill people? Or is that an interview I saw? I don't think that was that must have been an interview. Yeah. I think I was watching an interview with Henry and he was talking about how 
It's never how you think it's going to happen. It's never. Oh, no, that was in the movie. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're never like grabbing you and putting you in a van or whatever. They're, they're smiling at you. Yeah. They're looking you right in your face. And that's when you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. This kicks off a killing spree. Jimmy is super paranoid. Plus, he doesn't want to share the money, to be quite frank. Yeah. So by the summer of 1979, Jimmy has ordered or personally handled the murders of nine people, all who were either at the heist or had laundered money from the heist or were just in his way. Bodies are being found in cars, restaurants, meat trucks, even torsos washing up in the river. By February 1980, only one person has been arrested, and that is Lewis Warner. But this only deepens Jimmy's paranoia. Yeah. Another eight people are killed, including a member of the Gambino family Uh-oh. by Tommy Two Guns. Now shit gets dicey. Yep. So unlike Jimmy and Henry, Tommy Two Guns is a generational made man. Ooh. He was raised in this life. He's been bred to be a made man. So that means that he should know the rules. And the rules are that if you want to kill somebody from another family, you need permission, not just from your boss, from, but the, other from boss. the boss of the other family, yeah. which he didn't have permission from either. Ooh. No one is sure why Tommy killed that guy. In real life. We know oh. in the movie what happens. Yeah. In real life, we don't know why Tommy did it. Interesting. But the question is, did Tommy even do it? Because here's the twist that they don't put in the movie. Okay. So the last time Henry was in prison. Yeah. Um, Polly had only served like a year and then got out. And then Henry did like another three, right? Yeah. Allegedly, rumor has it. That at that time, Tommy had tried to fuck Henry's wife, Karen. She said no. And so he attacked and raped her. (gasps) What Tommy didn't know at the time was that since Henry was in prison, she was having a longstanding affair with Polly. Damn. So Polly eventually finds this out. And he's the one that goes to John Gotti and tells them that Tommy's the one who killed the Gambino family member. Crazy. And then John Gotti shoots Tommy in the head as revenge. That would have been great. Yeah, I don't. The jury's out on why they didn't put it in the movie, except for the fact that maybe despite the fact that Tommy's obviously a piece of shit, they're all pieces of shit. You're supposed to somewhat like him they're good fellows yeah they had to make a funny guy and had he raped karen yeah yeah no i get and have polly like turn on i guess not turning on him but you know yeah no i guess again to make them likable all of this leads to the fact that henry is now very fucking paranoid yeah a young mule in his operation rats him out and the feds set the wiretaps Mm -hmm. on his phones But everyone in this organization speaks in, like, code. So they don't get anything for a long time until finally there is a slip made on a phone call. And when that happens, Henry is arrested for narcotics trafficking. How cool would it be to talk in gangster code? Theirs is not that cool. It's not? No, because it has to be, like, 
semi-decent. Okay. So it's like golf clubs. Yeah. And dogs. Okay. So they're like. It's more like shipment talk. Yeah. That's like, like, did you get those golf clubs uh, I I say I sent to you. Okay. And it's like, oh yeah, I really liked that dog or whatever. <laughs> it's shit like that. <laughs> the feds play some of the tapes that they have gathered from his uh, wire phone calls. I guess they also had taps on. They had taps on a lot of people, including Jimmy. They'd have to. And Henry claims that he hears Jimmy talking about how. Um, Henry and Karen are the next to get whacked. Mm. So Henry makes bail and he meets with Jimmy in person. And Jimmy wants to send him on this weird like mission to Florida to do something that he would not normally send Jimmy out of state and on like, what are you when you're on bail parole? Yep. At that to like go do this like weird errand and Jimmy's in, Florida, in Florida where shit goes crazy. Yeah. So Jimmy's like, oh, if I go to Florida, I'm never coming back. Nope. Like for sure. That's where he's going to murk me. So he flips on everyone and he shows up to the feds and he rats on everybody Dang. in uh, for exchange of immunity and for his family to be placed into the witness protection program. Jimmy is convicted of murder and game fixing. He's only sentenced to 20 years in prison, but he does die of lung cancer in 1996 before he gets a chance to get out. Paulie's found guilty of extortion. He dies in prison in 1988 of respiratory failure. And after spending a good amount of time in witness protection, Henry and Karen end up getting divorced. Henry goes in and out of jail a few more times, usually all like drug related mm-hmm. bullshit. He gets married a couple more times. He has one more kid. And eventually he dies June 12th, 2012, 12 of heart failure. One day after his 69th birthday. Wow. And there you go. That's the real life Goodfellas. Dang. And spoiler alert. A lot of the people that played these people in the movie have also passed. Yeah. A lot of them. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Going through all the IMDb's and whatnot. Yep. And so I... I always thought, this being one of my favorite movies, I thought the way, I didn't realize that Henry Hill was alive for as long as he was, and I didn't realize that people talked to him as much as they did. Like, he was on Stern. Like, he's he was out there in his older ages, like, okay. doing interviews and shit, right? Okay. Um, I thought Ray Liotta's laugh in that movie was the wildest choice he could have ever made. For years, for years, I felt this way. And I love it because it makes me laugh a lot because it's so silly. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the craziest acting choice I've ever seen anyone make. Okay. That's how Henry Hill really laughs. So in all fairness, he nailed his Henry Hill impersonation. I mean, it's really. But the way he talks, the way he, he moves and walks, the way he holds his lips, the way he laughs. And he did it all based on. I just learned this. Um just tapes, interview tapes mm-hmm. that the FBI had with Henry Hill. He did meet Henry Hill, but it was years after Goodfellas. Wow. So he did that impersonation just going off of some taped interviews. A legend. Um, and then he got to meet him one time, and it was at an undisclosed bowling alley. I bet they laughed together. I hope so. Yeah. Oh. But that laugh what is oh, oh, <laughs> wild. 
<laughs> and I just love to hear. I watched uh, Henry Hill's interview on Stern, and he laughed just like that. And I was and like, "What the that's fuck?" That's it. That was it. <clears throat> I've never seen somebody actually laugh and say like "ha ha ha" while they're laughing. You know what I mean? It's so crazy. I need to know. So, when was the first time you watched the movie? The nineties. I mean, like, were you? It was on, so you watched it, or someone oh, yeah. had it. No, on? I'm sure my dad was watching it. Okay. My dad loves a mafia movie. Yeah. But mafia movies are one of the ways me and Lou bonded because mm-hmm. we both love mob movies. Okay. If you guys like Goodfellas um, and you want something kind of similar because they do not have this is not based on a true crime. Um, my husband's one of his favorite movies of all time is. Oh, God. No. Oh, a Bronx Tale. Oh, another great mafia film. It's a little bit lighter <clears throat> than Goodfellas. Probably because it wasn't directed by Martin Scorsese. Right. So it's a little bit easier to digest, but still a great, warm-hearted, feel-good mafia movie. Okay. So here, let's get into it without ruining anything in the movie. While I did really enjoy it, it doesn't make me want to watch more mafia movies. And the whole time, all I kept thinking was, is I could go back and rewatch The Sopranos. That's what I got into. For whatever reason... I watched The Sopranos after like years after it had been out. So I got to watch it all at once. Right. There was no waiting. No, nothing. I just got. I've actually never watched it. I have watched episodes of it Mm -hmm. because, again, it was on. Yeah. But I've never sat down and watched it chronologically. I I got the pleasure of doing it in a very short amount of time. And I enjoyed it so, so much. Is it really that good? I when I watched it, which was probably like my last year of college, Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved okay. every second of it. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'll try it. I mm-hmm. have nothing to binge. Yeah. And I got it. I got a max subscription just sitting there. Boom. So there you go. So yes, while I did enjoy the movie, it was more because of the characters than it yeah. was the movie. And that's why I think they can't have, although the characters do the worst stuff ever. Yeah. They're not, I don't think, I think they chose to leave out the thing that really made the characters why do you think each other. they named it Goodfellas? He told you. He told you in the movie, because that's their their sl- their lingo. But he's a good fella. He's a guy you want to know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Because they they also like call each other a million other things. Like no, I know. I don't know. I next time I talk to Martin Scorsese, I'll ask him. <laughs> I'll ask what his thinking was. Mm-hmm. But that's what Ray Liotta claims. At least what Goodfella means. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, he's a good fella. He's an all right guy. Yeah. An all right guy. He's an all right guy. Yeah. You'll like him. I would ask you to maybe try Casino. Well, isn't there a case? Possibly. Yeah. I'll look it I, up. I think we've been saving these guys. We've been saving the Mafia movies for a long time mm-hmm. because it wasn't necessarily the vision we had for the podcast. But at the end of the day, there's only so many movies based off true crime. And our vision has blurred. <laughs> Yeah, because or, we still uh, there's a lot of mafia movies that we have not done. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, what a, a whole new world! Oh boy, we could just turn into a mafia podcast. How hey, exciting would that let's be? Let's get accents. Hey, hey. <laughs> get some prosciutto. That's what I'm saying. Like, I really want to learn gangster talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, New York, a 1970. Um. I can't believe the movie was so old, 1990. It is old AF. Yeah. It's also late at night and we're driving down the road when we see our 
podcast favorite who now he's up there with Joey King mm-hmm. and Johnny Depp, our guy Ray Liotta from episode 54 below. What an episode. 61 Iceman. Oh, he was in Iceman. Yep. Oh my gosh. He's hitting all the mafias. Episode 90 Cocaine Bear. <laughs> a king, a legend, a legend among men. He is, of course, playing our Henry Hill. Now, in Christmas spirit, we have Joe Pesci. So he was in our Christmas special, episode 22, mm-hmm. Home Alone. And he's playing Tommy DeVito, which I think is so funny. Yeah. And then our pod newbie, Bobby D, right? Bobby De Niro. Yeah. Uh, I cannot believe we haven't had a Robert De Niro. He, he's a newbie. I we could. got close because we talked about Silver Linings Playbook a lot. Yeah. We haven't actually had a movie mm-hmm. with him in it. And he's, of course, Jimmy the Junt. Henry's driving when they start to hear a thud noise. And it's like, oh, maybe we have a flat tire. It's obviously not a flat. When they get out, the thud's clearly coming from the trunk where there's a badly beaten bloodied man wrapped in a white tablecloth and it's obvious that they had assumed he was dead so Tommy finishes the job stabbing him a whole bunch of times but for good measure uh, Henry and uh, Jimmy shoot him a few times and then we're back to Brooklyn 1955 Mm-hmm. Where we get our backstory and we see Henry as a young man with his aspirations of becoming a gangster. Like you said, someone he looked up to, someone he thought could walk through life without consequence. Yeah. And I would say I could watch an entire movie on just the beginning part of this movie. Oh. Like just him as a kid. Yeah. I loved it when he was like, I yeah. like that part of the movie. And wearing the, the suits. That yeah, didn't I think it's fit. very cute. Mm-hmm. Now, his first glimpse at the lifestyle was watching Teddy and his brother, Polly. What was it? They referred to it as so many different things. Was it a pizza place? Was it a, they called it like a cab store, a corner market? What, what was it? Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but they also owned lots of businesses. They did. So they could have been hopping around. Mm -hmm. But that's where he gets his first job. And like you said, It got to the point where it was so well-paying that he stopped going to school. And, um, you know, basically he made more money than adults in the neighborhood. Yes. And I know that you don't remember who Paulie is, but I'll just throw it out there. He is um, Juliet's dad in Romeo and Juliet. Definitely would not. The the good one. The Leonardo DiCaprio one. Yeah, no, of course. dad. Obviously, no, but I never would have put that together. Okay. One night, Polly introduces Henry to Jimmy the Gent as he's one of the city's biggest hijackers. And they begin to work together with Tommy as a middleman as they're unloading the goods, right? Cartons of cigarettes, alcohol, all the good stuff. One day, Henry gets pinched by the Poe and he's afraid of the consequences, but he's rewarded because he followed the number one rule. You keep your fucking mouth shut. Yep. You don't rat. 1963. The way that they jumped from him as a young boy to Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. And he's only supposed to be in his 20s. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. The only good. The only. So, <clears throat> the only. 
thing that can save you there is that people looked old as fuck back then. They did. And if you look at pictures of these guys back then, they all look like older than our dads. Mm-hmm. They look so fucking old. So old. When I realized that they were playing 20 year olds and that they look like they were 40. I'm like, yeah, Jesus. but that's how guys really looked back then is what I'm saying. Sure. But we see Henry and Tommy spending their times stealing cargo for Jimmy from Idlewild Airport and then drinking at like local gangster clubs. Ugh, to be at a local gangster so club. How fun. Cool. So when most men would never have the balls to raise their voice to Henry, one night he meets his match, a girl named Karen. Mm. <clears throat> when he fucking stands her up on that date mm-hmm. and she makes Tommy take her to find him, and she confronts him and all like in front of all of his goon friends, telling him that if he ever expects another chance with her, it'll cost him. Mm-hmm. Like, get it, girl. Yeah. Fuck you. Karen's a good Jewish girl. And Henry tells her that he's in construction. And immediately I'm picturing blow. Yeah. Because he's the dad mm-hmm. worried about his son. And Johnny Depp's like, oh, I'm in construction. Yeah. I'm not fucking selling drugs. It's always construction. It's always construction. Yeah. That was so crazy. Not initially attracted to Henry's bad boy lifestyle. Eventually, he wins the heart of Karen after nearly beating the shit out of another man who had put his hands on her. Love that scene. Right? She knew he was bad news, but she was so fucking into it. Who's not? They eventually marry, despite her parents' disapproval. And slowly, Karen is coming to terms with her new lifestyle, right? She's got this husband who's, he's not your typical nine to five. And then during all these odd hours, she's left to deal with these women that she has nothing in common with. Yeah. Like all they're expected to do is just gossip and make babies. What a life. I'm here for it. June 11th, 1970 in Queens, New York, a newly released gangster Billy decides to bust Tommy's balls. Henry tries to calm everyone down by buying a round of drinks. And after everyone leaves for the night, Tommy and Jimmy beat and stab and shoot Billy. Mm-hmm. They wrap him up in the tablecloth and they need to dump his body in upstate New York to avoid retaliation for the unauthorized hit. There it is. That we obviously saw at the beginning of the movie. Real quick, I wonder, I've always wondered this. Is if um, Boondock Saints has a little bit of a nod to Goodfellas. Because remember, um, who's our guy? Not the brothers. Who's the other guy? The funny man. Will Defoe? No, no, no. The funny man. Their best friend. Oh, yeah. But remember, they always call him the funny man. And then he finally snaps. And he's like, the funny man, huh? The funny man, huh? It's like Tommy. Yeah, just like Tommy. He's very much like Tommy. Yeah, so I thought I that maybe it. that was like a little bit of a nod to Goodfellas. Now that I've seen the movie, I could put that together for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this unauthorized hit, they need, they don't want retaliation, so they gotta fucking hide this body. Too bad six months later, they learned that the site where they dumped the body is preparing for development, so they have to go and move it, and the body is decomposing, and Rayliot is a little bitch, and they're making fun of him <laughs> as the so best. It's so good. If Henry wasn't busy enough with work, he's got a side chick, Janice. 
and he gets her an apartment right by this club that he runs. God damn, if when Karen finds out about this, not only does she go and threaten to kill Janice, <laughs> she threatens to kill Henry, pointing a gun at his face. And so that makes him leave her and go and start to live with the mistress. Mm-hmm. But then this looks bad and causes drama in the family. And the family doesn't want the fucking drama. So Polly <clears throat> tells him, we don't need this kind of attention and makes it kind of clear that like divorce isn't an option. Yeah. And they did say that this is the only part of the movie where there might be a little bit of a, like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the affair with Karen and Polly. Cause Polly tells him like, I'll talk to Karen. Like I know how to talk to her better than anyone. Okay. And so I don't know if that's true or not, Hmm. but that's the speculation is that's kind of where they alluded to it, but that's as far as it goes. Sure. Because why else would he like know how to talk to her better than anyone? Yeah. It's not your wife. No. Why you know how to talk to her so well? Absolutely. That would like, that would be so weird if Lou's all like, I'm going to talk. I'll talk to Bailey. I I know how she is. (laughs) One night, as Henry and the boys are enjoying some drinks, an errand boy, Spider, talks back to Tommy and gets himself shot and killed. Spider is played by Michael Imparelli, who some listeners might remember as Midnight from Summer of Sam, episode 26. Whoa, fun. A couple of deep throwbacks this episode. Polly sends Henry and Jimmy to Tampa to collect from a gambler who they beat but let live. And that's too bad for them because this gambler's sister works for the feds. So by the time they get back to the city, they're immediately sentenced to 10 years in prison. Mm-hmm. And they don't have your typical prison experience. This is the scene. This is the scene everyone talks about with Goodfellas. Right. They are everyone's kind of on their payroll almost in the prison right so they're getting shipments of food and alcohol and drugs and these drugs henry is sneaking and selling behind polly's back yes so after four years in in 1978 henry's paroled and in his first meeting with polly since being released he learns that polly knew about the side hustle the whole time And while he's willing to let it slide, he makes it clear. I catch you doing this shit again. You're fucking done. Yep. He told him. Polly advises Henry to also stay away from our wild cards, Jimmy and Tommy. Right? You're on parole. Yeah. Stay out of the heat. Against these orders, Henry starts a new side gig selling cocaine with Jimmy, Tommy, and new mistress, Sandy, played by Debbie Mazar. Love her. I do, too. She's been in so many great things. Oh, my gosh. Henry always wants more, so he plans the biggest heist in American history. And when I saw that in the movie, I was like, really? So yeah. there we go. The Here's our- and what's funny is they don't even show anything to do with no. it. Like, they show the aftermath of it, but... It's just like a mm-hmm. quick little thing in the movie. And guess what, guys? They pull it off right in time for Christmas. Christmas. What do people do for Christmas? They buy presents. Mm-hmm. And these fucking idiots bought expensive presents. Yeah. Furs and jewels 
and cars and women (laughs) tacky white christmas trees (laughs) presents that draw attention just like episode 89 with our menendez brothers oh that's right they did the same fucking Mm -hmm. shit and if that wasn't bad enough the getaway car driven by stacks played by samuel other samuel l jackson uh from episode eight room with the boo i'm so glad we've already had sam on i know He's found by police because Jimmy and Tommy execute him and then go on to execute most of the crew. Yeah. To kind of tie up loose ends. Okay. Things seem to have calmed down when Polly informs Tommy that he's about to be made. And I learned from the movie that this is like boss terms. Right. And that Henry and Jimmy are not eligible Because of their Irish blood. Yep. Okay. And they're happy for Tommy. Right? Because they understand. Like, it's the biggest honor. And And so if they're going to work for somebody, why not work for your bestie? Yeah. Why not work for your best friend? If it can't happen to you, you want it to happen to your best friend. For sure. So, unfortunate for Tommy, it's all a lie. It's to lure him to his own execution. And... Of all things, they shoot him purposefully in the face to prevent his mom from an open casket funeral. It's fucked up. He got done so dirty. His poor mom. And his mom's one of my favorite characters. The best. So funny. Oh, my God. Where are you going? What are you doing? The whole scene with the painting. I almost. It's so funny. May 11th, 1980. Henry has a full day of illegal activities planned when he is high as a kite on his own stash of cocaine, becoming increasingly paranoid. For good reason, um, he's pulled over by narcs. And this is as he's driving his drug mule Lois to the airport. They've been following him for months. Karen's mom sells the house to bail Henry out cherry on top for him when he finds out that Karen had flushed all the cocaine he had stashed around the house which was their only nest egg so now they're fucked they have no money to keep them going he has to go back groveling to Polly apologizing for the betrayal promising to get clean Polly doesn't give a fuck he told you did him a solid by giving him $3,200. I mean, you're lucky he didn't spit in your face. Yeah, and I love that that's just what he had in his pocket. Yeah, here, like, here's, here's some pocket change. change. Here's some scratch. Karen thinks that she can go to Jimmy for help. She instantly regrets it when she suspects that he's trying to kill her. Good on her. Yeah. And just like before, the suspicion is valid because Jimmy is then meeting with Henry to try to do the Florida hit. He knows he's not coming back from mm-hmm. that. They know they're fucked. And realizing that the family will never be safe, Henry has to break the number one rule. And he becomes a fucking rat for the promise of witness protection. Yeah. And with Polly and Jimmy both convicted, Henry and his family are moved to the quiet suburbs where they're condemned to live the rest of their lives as an average citizen, another Joe Schmo or a real schnook, schnook, as he would say. It's funny. 
All right. So to the the late greats, man, so many in this episode. Yeah. Uh, a lot of throwbacks. Yeah. So it's Christmas. It counts. It's Christmassy. It counts. It happens in December at the very least. It does. And it's cold and it's gangsters and there's presents and there's cocaine. What more do you want? Women are wearing fur coats and doing cocaine. What more do you want for Christmas? That's it, man. (laughs) Okay. I give the movie a five for the case. I mean, it was pretty spot on. on. Mm hmm. Yep. I think it was great. It's a good watch. Um, my look of the week, I'm gonna wear kind of what Robert De Niro's wearing on one of the covers, but I thought it might be fun if we go in the front yard and I hold like a shovel Mm. and we'll get like some Christmas lights and I'll pretend like I'm burying a body or maybe like I'll stand by the trunk. I was about to say, if we could do the trunk with a red light... But a, I don't know how red you get a red light. light. I can. Also, we don't have a trunk. We don't have a traditional trunk, but I mean, we've got a trunk. I know, but okay. Yes, we do have a trunk. We we roll with it, you know. <laughs> um, Just go find a neighbor who. Has I was a trunk. gonna say, if you can accept the trunk, I can probably make a red light happen because I think I can get red tape and we'll put it over a flashlight. Okay. Yeah, we could okay. do that, uh, but. Yeah, and then it would be either any of them, really, because I think they're all in suits and they're all exactly looking into the truck. I'll have the slick back hair, got the jacket, I got the white collar. I Googled how to tie a tie because Nick's mm, not here. Yeah. Nick always ties my tie for me for my looks of the week. Yeah. And I got no Nick, so I had to learn how to do a muscle. Incredible. Look right. at that. Le- learning. Learning, learning experience. <laughs> the more you know. Love it. I have a question. How did you, did you like the violence in it? I did. Yeah, it's pretty good and violent. Yeah. No, it was a good movie. I'm trying to brainwash you into liking it. I'm I know. Pressure you. I know. I don't know what it is that it's like Western movies also that it just doesn't do it for me. Most Western movies don't. But then like but Tombstone you'll comes along and it's shuts the shit down. It's See, so good. There you go. All right. I right. don't know that I've seen Tombstone. <laughs> it's a real story. My son's named after it. Yeah. It's the story of White Earp. Well, if it's a real story, then let's do it for the <laughs> come up for a reason. For what? You said it's a real story. Yeah. Do it for the podcast. And I mean, they kill people. That's what I'm they saying. They rob Western banks. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. Maybe we'll do it for White's birthday. Yay. And I'll dress up like cowboy. Yeah. You haven't gotten to do that yet. I have a belt buckle. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I'm sure there's a cowboy hat have, somewhere. Oh, so many cowboy hats. Yeah. yeah from the Canadians. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, look at that. We're mm-hmm. already planning for the summer. We got so much to look forward to. Well, something, I don't know if this is, this is probably not to look forward to. Oh, Our no. next episode is going to be. Oh, God. Yeah. A heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big one. It's another one that we've kind been of been putting, putting off because it's so big. Um, But it'll be our Christmas present to y'all. <laughs> You're welcome. I guess. Um, until then, check out pictures of this week's episode and B's look of the week on THC podcast on Instagram. And we won't be posting our next one until technically after Christmas. So, hey, have a great holidays. If you celebrate the holidays, if you don't, then have a great time having whatever's open all to yourself. Yeah. Go to the movies and enjoy that shit. Celebrate life. 
Yeah, and celebrate. And remember to breathe. Not having that's what anyone we're doing. around you. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh. Whatever's open on Christmas Day, go to that place and God. be like, "Look, there's no one here." If you find a place where there's no one there and no one around you, let me know where it is. I'll meet you there. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Like, well, I guess people do go to the theaters on Christmas Day. Yeah. Huh? But you know, I feel like I'll, everything's more deserted than it normally. I is. think that's when my mom and I went and saw The Hobbit. Oh. And took the mini corn dogs. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we were definitely drinking peppermint schnapps mm-hmm, in like peppermint mochas that we got from the theater. In all fairness, I've been to the movies with you and your mom and your mom brought mini corn dogs. Well, yeah. I think that's just an ongoing snack. Well, this was a she was concerned because the movie was so long. Yeah. She had to have snacks. Of course. Yeah. Come on. Might. <laughs> Our first rodeo. So yeah, if you go to the movies on Christmas Day, remember your mini corn dogs. Just bring a whole Christmas <laughs> dinner with you. Even and, better. And remember to think of us because right. we'll be thinking of you while we drink and follow la la la. <laughs> Absolutely. You know. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Like always, um, we look forward to the holiday season. And a new year. And a new year. And we will see you next time. You. Next time. (laughs) We'll see you next time. God. (laughs) We'll see them next time. Bye. Bye.